You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. I'm Anthony Kasterman. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to have a little tribe talk here. Jordan Bastion joins us, and the Indians, uh, you can't say what kind of start they got off to. They wanted a hot start, but Mother Nature has not cooperated. There's been nothing hot <laughs> about what they faced here early on, J.B., uh, just been kind of a crazy week weather-wise. Yeah, I feel like I should be standing outside in the rain while talking to you. It would <laughs> probably make most sense to go along with this crazy week. I mean, it's nuts. It's We're a week into the season. You know, they've had three postponements. Granted, they already made up one of those games. Um, they had the coldest uh, season-opening game in Indians history on record. Uh, the Indians have been playing baseball for a, for a little while. And... They played in 32 degrees in Chicago. Uh, the White Sox looked like a team of ninjas out there with their ski masks on. And they, uh, the national anthem was interesting during the home opener in Chicago. The military members were trying to hold this gigantic American flag. were struggling as the wind was trying to pull this thing away. Their hats were flying off. And then they played through on and off snow. They played in rain. Rossi Davis made an incredible diving catch at one point in Chicago. And it was incredible because he lost the ball in the snow. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a, it's been a crazy week. Um, I think they made the right decision to postpone the last game in Chicago. It was just steady rain. Um, and, you know, they had done another off day, you know, because they needed another off day on Monday. And fortunately they're heading down to Tampa Bay where there is a roof. The Indians actually tweeted at the Rays to confirm that the roof still exists. And they are heading there, and they will get finally. You'll be able to take some BP on the field, take some infield. You know, it's just been a crazy week one for the Indians. I wouldn't be so sure it won't continue. Uh, you know, the catwalk <laughs> could fall from the roof or something. And, and yeah, it was going to get down there. Never... Chamberlain before the game the other day was joking. He said, "No, no, in our luck, the, the roof's going to spring a leak, and it's going to going to be right yep. over the mound." You know, that's yep. just the way the week's going. Sounds about right. You know, I, I want to grind an axe here real quick because people naturally complain when these things happen. That's human nature. You know, if your flight is delayed or whatever, we're complainers. That's what we do. But, uh, you know, to, to complain about the, the schedule being what it is, for one, the schedule comes out in September, and I don't know any weather report that goes, you know, projects accurately from September to April. And, two, you can't you can't play the first two weeks of the season in all warm-weather climates or, or all domes. You'd be putting – everybody else at a competitive disadvantage. So I don't know what you do other than just hope for the best. And obviously uh, the season has not presented it. Um, yeah. But- I mean, it's all, it's always glaring when, you know, part of the country is dealing with the cold and the snow. And then you see Tampa Bay, you know, hosting Toronto or, or, or yeah. a situation like that. And, you know, we've had plenty of years where it's been fine and then nobody talks about it. And then you just have a year like this where it's just chaotic in a, a variety of cities. You know, had had the Indians opened in Boston, they would have been dealing with the same thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, shoot, I mean, I try and do our fantasy football schedule, and and it's it's hard enough to do that. So I I can't even I wouldn't even begin to to know or say I understand the complexities of creating a major league schedule. And the Wahoo Football League is, of course, you know, very prestigious. So you got a lot of weight on your shoulders making those schedules. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of schedule, so the weather has not just impacted the Indians. It's, it's impacted Lonnie Chisholm's rehab schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's been a little slow go. and uh, But now, speaking of rehab, Michael Brantley will start his on Tuesday in Columbus. So, uh, 
Uh, it's almost like both of those guys are almost on, on similar paths now, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest issue with Chisholm is the volume of at-bats. He missed so much time in spring, and obviously that goes into play with Brantley as well. But uh, I think it, with, with Chisholm Hall, they're not really concerned about how he's feeling necessarily right now. I think they believe he's, you know, health-wise, he's fine. It's just they want to get him feeling good at the plate, and they want to get him a, a good volume of at-bats, and then they want to be able to transition him back to the big league team when it makes the most sense. Right now, um, they've seen uh, – shoot, I mean, there's been postponements, so my, my brain is not uh, – they, they were going to see six lefties in the span of seven games. Now I think it's five out of six because um, Tampa Bay is starting lefties in the first two games down there. Um, so they don't – you know, Chisholm Hall was eligible to come back for the Tampa Bay series, but I think they're going to hold that off a little bit because of the left-handed pitching they're facing. So they're trying to match the schedule and also get him the volume of at-bats. With Brantley, it's been three weeks since he played in a game. You know, yeah. to his credit, as we've talked about a few times, he was very honest with them about the discomfort he was feeling. You know, so they shut him down for a week. Then he sort of progressed again through a hitting program, and now he can start playing in games again. And so the biggest test for him, I don't think the concern is necessarily the volume of at-bats because he's a guy who has a very compact swing that he can get ready very quickly. But the biggest key for him is going to see how he feels in the days after he plays, um, and that was kind of the, what happened in spring training. He played in two games, looked great, hit a homer, threw a guy out. We're all going, hey, he's going to be the opening day lineup. And then three days later, um, after his second game, you know, he said, "Hey, you know, my my shoulder's not feeling right. You know, it had, didn't bounce back." And so they were they played it smart, and I thought that was good both on his part and the Indians' part. And hey, with all these postponements, he's not missing as many games as uh, he could have right now. So that's another positive of the rain and the snow and hate and sleal that's been uh, that's been falling down here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, get a couple weeks worth of rainouts, and then you know, it'll be like he played the full season. Now, granted, they'll play two games. They'll play two games a day, but you know. Um, all right. So when they actually did play a ball game on Saturday, Cody Anderson looked sharp, uh, mm-hmm. and and of course uh, he's been identified here and elsewhere as a potential breakout candidate. He also became a proud dad of a horse <laughs> last week, so he had a nice week. Yeah, he uh yeah, when I went out there to the ranch with him in Arizona and did that feature, um uh, which you can check out on Indians.com. Um he, he they had a horse that they were breeding um a horse for him, but and, and he was waiting all spring for this thing to be born and it just it was stubborn and stayed put. So uh, a few days ago his horse was born and now he has to go through the process of, you know, uh you know, figuring out what he's gonna name it and figuring out what kind of horse it's going to be in terms of its abilities. Uh, after about a year, he sent it up to a buddy's ranch in Oregon, and they'll uh, break it and train it, and he wants to train it as a rodeo horse rather than a race horse, so we'll see. So uh, he said people call him Big Rig, so he'd like to get the name Little Rig approved, but it's, uh, it's a little complicated of a process. you got to submit, like, four names, I believe, with this association, and then they pick a name, and it's a, it's a whole thing, but... Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, he's he's a guy that likes to do horse riding and, and rodeo stuff and roping and all kinds of stuff in his spare time. So it's kind of interesting to he uh, has a has a horse now. You submit four names and they have to approve one. I, I'd almost be in favor of that for human beings. You can't just be <laughs> making up names. I think there should be right. some kind of approval process. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that's another topic for another time. Um, 
All right, so we're not going to overreact to one rough outing, but Brian Shaw I think would be interesting to monitor in general this season just because of his workload. Uh, he's obviously been a guy Tito Francona has ridden pretty hard the last couple of years. So, again, not not uh, you know, not getting too worked up about one rough game uh, on Saturday, but, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, he'll, he'll be, he's such a key piece of this bullpen that um, you know, you'd, you'd hate to see that become a trend. Yeah, bullpens are so volatile. Uh, as it is, so year to year, and he's been pretty consistent in overall body of work. I know Indians fans tend to remember the the bad outings here and there, and he's kind of been one of those guys that the the negativity seems to latch onto in the social media sphere. But we've seen this story before from Brian Shaw. He had a rough April last year. I think he had a five ERA, um, ten outings in, and everyone was saying, ah, you know, Brian Shaw got to get him out of the setup role and all this stuff. And then he had almost a one ERA for the next three months. So he he has had rough starts in the past. I think this spring and last spring, his first outing of spring training, he gave up uh, four or five runs and then settled in and, and ended up being fine. So, And it's also tough to judge right now uh, because the pitchers are, are it's the cold weather. I mean, they've had trouble commanding yeah. secondary stuff. He's a guy that throws his cutter a ton, and if he loses command of that pitch, he's very one-dimensional. I think maybe the mistake was more, you know, not recognizing how off he was or thinking he was going to get uh, better all of a sudden and then sticking with him as long as they did in that outing. Um, I think maybe there could be some criticism there, but I think the conditions he was pitching in and the type of pitcher he is, you know, that could have played a big role in sort of his lack of command. So, yeah, again, I, I think he'll be fine. He has the track record of consistency. As you noted, um, he's been used a ton over the last few years, 80 appearances two seasons ago, 70-plus last year, um, up right near the top of major leagues in terms of games and innings for relievers. So that'll be something definitely to monitor, see if there's any drop-off in stuff or, or anything like that. But, again, yeah, I totally agree with you. We're not going to – overreact to two-thirds of an inning uh, in 32-degree weather. Yeah, you, you don't know what you're watching the first week uh, in, in ideal conditions. You don't really know what you're what you're looking at. Uh, and the Indians' first week has just been bizarre. They play a game like about once every three days and uh, in, in terrible conditions on top of that. So, But we did have some news uh, this week. Last thing, JB, uh, Zach Walters and James Ramsey yep. uh, sent off to the Dodgers for cash. If, of course, uh, they were removed from the 40-man and the Dodgers claimed them. So uh, two guys both acquired on the same day, uh, 2014 trade deadline. They are gone. Uh, what went behind the decision, uh, I guess, not not to make this transaction with the Dodgers, but to remove them from the roster? Yeah, you know, I think these are two guys that when they acquired, you know, when they got Ramsey, uh, guys like Zimmer and Frazier were not that close yet or, you know, to the big leagues. Um, and a guy like Naquin really hadn't taken that next step and had been dealing with injuries. And when they acquired Walters, I think they looked at him sort of as a potential Ben Zobris type. If they could see if he was uh, solid in the field, they could move him around, switch hitter with uh, good power potential. And they just really he, – he never looked comfortable uh, moving around positions. They tried him as an outfielder this spring. They bumped him around the infield in the past, and then – just too much swing and miss when he was in the big leagues. So I just, hey, they rolled the dice on this guy as a potential sort of hybrid utility man, and it just didn't pan out. 
and uh, a guy like Jose Ramirez really has stepped up in that type of role. So I think they just didn't have a place for him. And then Ramsey, other outfield guy, uh, prospects have been passing him in light of his subpar production in the minors. So I think it's just a situation of guys who came in with uh, an idea of what they could become. They didn't live up to it, and you know, you're not going to hit on all these trades. It's a little disappointing that Justin Masterson and Estrubal Cabrera in the end net cast considerations, but you know that's that's the risk you take. They got a couple prospects, hoped it would work out, and it didn't. So um, other guys had passed them, and they became the expendable members of the 40-man roster, which when you look over that roster, there's some tough calls when trying to figure out who you were going to remove to add those opening day pieces, uh, Jabba Chamberlain, Ross Detweiler, and Marlon Bird being the guys they had to add to the 40. It was pretty tough calls, but I think it made sense in terms of the depth chart and the prospects that are coming, why they did it. Well, ultimately, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity, obviously, in the outfield this spring uh, with, with what happened with Brantley and Almonte. So uh, if you didn't step up this spring, it, it, it would be hard to imagine you, uh, you know, having an ideal future or at least immediate future uh, with this club at the big league level. So I get it. It happens. Uh, I want to thank Jordan Bastion for joining us. Hopefully we'll have uh, a lot more baseball to talk about next week. And thanks for tuning in this week. It's an MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.